G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Coming up today on The Story. During that time, I was very conscious of of different ones who had turned away from the Lord, and it really worried me. And, And I mean, I would have parents come to me and talk about their son or their daughter who are no longer interested in the Christian faith and just walked away. So it was a growing concern. The Story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, our guest today is once again Keith Glasgow, who's the author of the book Exit, Turning from Following Christ. He wrote the book because of his concern for the number of people he knows who have turned away from following Jesus. Also, he can relate a bit because, as we heard last time, he walked away from following the Lord for a while himself in his much younger years. Today, we'll hear more of Keith's life journey and how the Lord has been working in his life and has given him a heart for those considering exiting their faith. Once again, Keith Glasgow is chatting with Eric Scadabo in our Melbourne studios and we'll pick up the story as Keith has begun doing ministry work and sharing the gospel throughout New Zealand. I started for 12 months doing that and then I realised that I really need more practical training. Mm -hmm. So... It was a God thing how it all eventuated, but I heard about and was led by God to go to USA to Mm -hmm. do an internship in a a big church there with a lot of practical training Mm -hmm. and going to university campuses and sharing the gospel and things like that. So when we finished the training course um, in the church there in California, we came back to New Zealand and I started what became known as This Is Life Ministries, and uh, we did exactly that. We uh, reached out to the various churches and got young people to come on team missions, beach missions, and and other – actually, it developed into going overseas to Taiwan and to Mm. India and other places. Were people coming to the Lord? Um, And people coming to the Lord, Mm. yes. And um, what's more – even now, I still get people who were on those teams saying how impacting it was for oh, them in yeah. their Christian faith. Mm-hmm. Young people who came and they were pretty flaky, but mm-hmm. they came to the outreach and it really solidified their faith and uh, helped them grow. So, so that's the opposite of the whole theme of exiting. That's going <laughs> yes. the other way. That's yeah. What, it's what would true. you say? Putting on the accelerator? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. And strengthening and yes. having a lifetime faith. Yeah. And then another change in your life? Another change in my life, our lives, yeah. Uh, we came to an end of that period when, like, our daughters had both grown up and gone to university, mm-hmm. and we felt that me being away from home so much in evangelism, mm-hmm. itinerant evangelism, um, was not good. So mm-hmm. we decided to find uh, somewhere where we could settle and have a, a ministry in one location. We did move into the idea of, 
or start moving in the direction of having a, a church plant in northern Auckland, but that didn't work out. And then God led us to Australia uh, to for me coming home. Yeah, yeah. And so I pastored a church here in Melbourne, the Canterbury Gardens Community Church, for. Uh, ten years, and then moved to. Where Ed we, we should say, yeah, we are recording this on the east side of Melbourne in a studio, and Canterbury Gardens Community Church is just across the car park. So yes, just exactly. In proximity, we're just right next to it. Yeah. So you really did come home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, then to another church, Edge Church, and then God opened up the way for us to go to America, mm-hmm. where in Indianapolis, in okay, a place called Carmel. Um, I was pastoring there for about six years. So, we, uh, when we were about to go to the States, we had to wait nine months, no, seven months for our visa to come through. Mm-hmm. During that time, um, we had made a lot of plans and begun to get things sorted. And Marg thought, well, I've got a mammogram coming up after we've left. So, she organised for her to have that early mm. and found that she had breast cancer. Oh. And it was in its early stages, but it was a very aggressive cancer. Yeah. So she was um, uh, she was forced to, or we were forced to stay longer, even though our visa then came through. So we got hold of the church and we said, look, um, this is the situation. She has to have 12 months of infusions every three weeks. Mm. And so there's no way that we can come for the first 12 months. But can we come and visit you? This was in the early stages when she had had her operation, Mm -hmm. her surgery, but she still had to wait a few weeks before then the chemotherapy Mm -hmm. started. So a short-term trip would be okay. Yeah, just to trip and visit them um, because we'd been – communicating on Skype and so we they hadn't met us really mm-hmm. and yeah. so we went across there and and uh, they said yes we want to wait for you <laughs> oh okay and so they put on an interim pastor while they waited and and um, we uh, came back to Australia and and then when Margaret finished her uh, chemo and her other treatment mm-hmm. uh, we moved over there mm-hmm. so it was an interesting challenge to us but then also you us. had a challenge, personally. Yeah, well, then uh, only a couple of years after that, uh, after we'd moved there, mm-hmm. um, Marg was proofreading for our daughter, Kim, who whose business was uh, medical. Mm-hmm. Um, it was uh, writing apps for different diseases. And she mm. read, Marg did the proofreading. She read the proof of the one for prostate cancer, uh, the app before it was um, formalised and put up on online. And as she read through, she said to me, have you had your PSA checked lately? <laughs> oh. I said, no, not for a few two What is years. PSA? The PSA is, is the indicator, the medical indicator as to whether you've got prostate cancer. Oh, okay. So She just happened to be reading this. Yes. Yeah, so, so I went and had my PSA checked, and guess what? I had... Not just prostate cancer, but one of the most aggressive kinds. Oh, wow. Which you had just means, finished yes, your wife's journey with right. cancer. Yeah. Hmm. So, so it was quite amazing, really, that um, both her and myself were 
our cancer was picked up by some divine sovereign overruling. Mm. If we just, if Mark hadn't read that, yeah, or if, yeah, you got yeah. it early. Yeah, so um, I had my prostate out, and that was all dealt with. And um, the, the church was very compliant and allowed us to come back and have that all done. The costs of uh, of medical things in America was prohibitive. Yes, yes, we know about that. <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. Um, and our insurance, uh, yeah. Anyway, so the thing is that we we uh, these were challenges within our ministry, but you know. During that time, and even as an evangelist prior to being a pastor, all through that time, I was very conscious of, of different ones who had turned away from the Lord, and it really worried me. Mm. Uh, and I mean, I would have parents come to me and talk about their son or their daughter who are no longer interested in the Christian faith, had just walked away, mm. or had just chosen a lifestyle that was incompatible with being a Christian, mm. and so the obvious thing was not to continue for them. So uh, it was a growing concern in my heart and mind. So we retired in 2019 and came back here to Australia just before yes. COVID. Yes. <laughs> I was planning to do some interim pastor work in 2020, that didn't eventuate because it was lockdown. What happened? And <laughs> so yeah, um, so, so you had I a thought, lot of time on your hands. Yeah, and then we caught up with a girl who uh, she had been at one of our churches that we had been pastoring in. She was one of the brightest. She was so full on for God. She was into everything. She was motivated. She was. Um, praying and reading and involved in mission and all sorts of things. And she turned right away. In fact, she actually renounced her faith. Mm. So we met up with her and talked. And She was open to talking. She was open to talking. Mm-hmm. Um, she's in the book under a pseudonym. She's mm-hmm. happy for me to do that. And it really cemented in my mind and my heart that I should write a book I've got the time now, I thought, with um, 2020 being what it was, mm-hmm. yep. with COVID. The so we thought, uh, let's do that. So I then reached out by email to a lot of people and said, tell us your story. Mm-hmm. Or if you know somebody, and, and then people back in New Zealand, people in America and people here in Australia that I knew of, I was able to get quite a few stories, and so I've included those in the book because under pseudonyms, but Mm -hmm. it's really important to have a book where people can read and relate to the stories of others that they can identify with. You're listening to The Story. Today, Eric Scadabo is once again chatting with Keith Glasgow, who's the author of the book, Exit, Turning from Following Christ, which he wrote because of his concern for the number of people he knows who have turned away from following Jesus. Next, we'll learn more about Keith's book and how to help people who are considering exiting their faith in Christ. All that and more is coming up when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. 
Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. Our guest today is once again Keith Glasgow, who's sharing his story and about his book, Exit Turning from Following Christ. Keith wrote the book because of his concern for the number of people he actually knows who have turned away from following Jesus. Next, Keith will discuss the reasons he discovered that people are leaving the faith and ways that we can actually minister to them. He's chatting with Eric Scatterbo. So you wanted to know... Why are these people walking away, exiting yes. their faith? Yes. Do you have some general trends that you heard from them? I, in the book, I suppose, I, I talk about the exiting of the faith in this way. I, I, I liken it to a freeway. And as you're traveling along, you you come off the main lanes of the freeway onto the exit lane, and you're still traveling with the uh, the main uh, cars traffic that's traffic uh, the main the, flow of the, the main flow of the traffic that's on the freeway, but you're positioned then in the exit lane, mm. and then eventually that lane will take you in a whole new direction. And I saw it as people were in an exit lane, and that exit lane had like signposts on an exit lane were to certain roads or places that people left following Christ, got on the exit lane because of a number of reasons. One of them I've mentioned earlier was uh, suffering. Why mm-hmm. does God allow suffering? Mm-hmm. Or uh, The intellectual challenges, that, that uh, especially when you head off to university or, mm-hmm. um, or you have a friend who challenges you about your beliefs and says, well, how can you believe that? Mm. Uh, it, it is something that becomes a, a uh, signpost, if you like, that leads a person into the exit lane. And they might travel along that exit lane for a long way before they eventually leave. Mm. Um, but they're traveling with the rest. They're still going to church, still mm-hmm. reading their Bible sometimes, but mm-hmm. they're, they're just... Um, but little doubts, niggling yes. doubts are starting yeah. to eat away, maybe? Yes. And, and they're and looking maybe at that exit sign. Yeah, and I think my, my, my understanding is that as people get into that lane, they then have other issues that come in. The primary one mm. is there, but then other things, other issues come into their thinking uh, it it might be that they lose a, a, a loved one or they they um, get a job where the opportunity is to make a lot of money and, you know, uh, their love for the Lord wanes. And so there's a bunch of things mm. that can happen yeah. that uh, are in addition to the one issue that tended to move them into that lane. And then also some common objections are, well, this Christian life is too restrictive. Exactly. I want to have fun, yeah. some fun. I want to do this and that. And the Christian life is too restrictive. When I'm at church, a lot of Hi- hypocrites hip- at church. Hypocrisy is one that's been a real issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I've got to clarify that because hypocrisy doesn't necessarily it doesn't mean somebody 
not living a, a perfect life. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all sin, we all mm-hmm. fail. Yeah. But it's it's the uh, play acting. It's it's pretending that you are in or in front of other people, you're the holy good person, mm. but in fact you're not. And mm. you uh, play acting is mm. actually the meaning of the the idea of of uh, hypocrisy. And if somebody's looking for an exit, they'll be like, "Hey, I don't want to yeah. be around these fake people. I'd rather live a non restricted life and." And be myself and be, you know, with people who are actually real. I've heard that before. Yes. Like at least, yeah. you know, we might be sinning yeah. in the Christian terms, yeah. but at least the people are being real. Yeah. They're not being fake exactly. and pretend. And that's so these are all cautionary tales yes, they for are. all of us in the church. Are yeah. we being real yeah. and owning up to our yeah. shortcomings and when we make a mistake? Mm. Or are we just kind of play acting the way we think yeah. a Christian should appear? Yeah. And and there's others. I mean, um, people are sometimes treated bad in a church. So the yeah, church leaders yeah. have got an ego the size of the mountain, and so mm, they. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, there's all, all sorts common. of issues that can uh, attribute to a person's turning away. And and so I explored those, and in the book of, of the first chapter is about that. Then I look at the, uh, well, what is faith? Because. Some people lose their faith altogether, and so other people return to their faith and never lose it. Um, what is saving faith? What's because mm-hmm. I mean, James says, faith without works is dead, so that kind of faith is not real, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. real saving faith. Uh, so, I talk about faith and move through the book with more apologetic, mm-hmm. like um, dealing with the issues that people who turn away from Christ very often face. So we've just talked about several different reasons, kind of getting depressing here. Yes. Uh, People walking away. Yeah. Have you had an experience talking to somebody and they came back to their faith? Uh, Yes. Um, And if so, what advice do you have for somebody who's in a similar situation trying to help somebody come back to their faith? One of the things that that is so important is when a person walks away from following Christ, that the church, that the Christians, the parents, the friends, the church leaders, the church community, that Christians love them, listen to them, don't just um, dismiss them Mm -hmm. and what they have to say. Listen to them. See it from their perspective. uh, Come alongside them rather than standing opposite them in a confrontational thing. And parents, this is so important for parents because mm-hmm. parents can be confrontational when their kids begin down that pathway. The rather, temptation is to say, shame on you. Yeah. You were raised a Christian. Yeah. You know better than this. And Whereas instead of if standing, it's intellectual yeah. and all these other things, emotional, yeah. just saying shame on you. Yeah, no, that's, that's going to push be, them further. Yeah. So standing beside them saying, yeah, I can see how that's a struggle uh, in your mind or uh, in your workplace or among your friends or whatever the issue is, and help them to see that there's still the eternal perspective, there's mm-hmm. still the truth, yeah. um, and truth is what, corresponds with reality, um, not just some theory or mm-hmm. hypothesis. So, so, but, but if you just confront them with that, it's going to be a, it's going to be a stalemate normally. Mm-hmm. But to come alongside and help them 
to look with objective eyes at uh, the other side to mm-hmm. the story, if mm-hmm. there is, if that's the issue. Again, coming back to the whole issue of um, suffering, yeah, I think it was the apologist John Lennox who said, it's natural to say, hey, God, why is there suffering? Mm. But if you get mad at God and walk away from him, suffering still exists. Yes. You know, it doesn't solve the problem, you know, no. getting mad at God. But if you believe in God, yeah. you don't understand necessarily why they're suffering, but you have hope. You do. And, and uh, that's a really good point. I think that the dis- oh, say dishonoring of God uh, by accusing him of being uh, almost like, well, really evil hmm. – uh, for allowing suffering, um, I think of Joseph. Um, Joseph, when he suffered the way he did mm-hmm. for years in a jail, and uh, then at the end of his life, he spoke to his brothers and he said, You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Mm-hmm. And I like that because mm-hmm. it's, it's, he, Evil, even the wrath of men will praise him, the Bible says. Uh, Even the worst that man can do to another human being will end up being, in God's economy, something that God will receive praise for, not for the evil, but for his sovereign working. Um, I've met a number of Cambodians then who, because of the genocide and the terrible evil of what occurred in their homeland came to Australia and have come to faith in Christ and the truth is that there's been very few in Cambodia or Kampuchea as it's today um, who had come to faith prior to the genocide but after the genocide many, many have turned to Christ Mm. and will be eternally blessing God in heaven because despite the evil, God isn't the author of evil, but God uses evil for good. Mm. And I think that that perspective is is, is an important one. I mean, mm-hmm. there's many things to talk about yeah, when it yeah. comes to God allowing suffering. Mm. If God removed all suffering, he'd have to remove me because mm. evil and sin is the cause of suffering. Mm. And we're all sinful but rather than wipe out the human race and all the evil that goes with it, he's redeeming those who are willing hmm. to put their faith in Christ and be saved and changed. We yeah. need to kind of wrap up this yeah. conversation. Yeah. Uh, but one of the things that well, I find very comforting is that God is a good father. Yes. And I can trust in him. Yeah. And he is faithful. Hmm. And even though I don't always understand... But I know he's a, a good father who wants the best for me yes. through everything. And if people can capture that, you know, you could walk away from the Lord. But I think deep in our hearts, the way we are wired, we want to have a good father that we can put our faith and trust in and rely on. Absolutely. Eric, you're so right. And I, I think... That- I should write a book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can, I'll, yeah. I'll add, a, add on to yours here. <laughs> Um, we sing that as that praise song in in church. He's a good, good father. Mm, yeah, and I yeah, love it because yeah. it's so true. It's very simple, yeah, but yeah, in our hearts, that's the way he wired us. 
yes. that we want to know yeah. that our daddy, our heavenly father, yeah. is there for us. Yeah. And uh, I mean, even now in life, uh, we're faced with challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we all we are. are. You are, yep, no yep, doubt. Yep. And, and to be able to just trust in a good, loving father, mm-hmm. and as Jesus said, pray our father, our daddy, mm-hmm. our Abba yeah. mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. heaven. Yep. Hallowed be your name. So he's, we're not bringing him down lower than he should be, but uh, we also call him Abba, mm-hmm. our daddy, our, our father, mm-hmm. our intimate relationship with a, a almighty God who is still our father. And that relationship is priceless. It is. And one reason to go away from the exit lane and toward, I don't know, the fast lane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Keith Glasgow. Thank you so much for sharing your journey and the reasons why you wrote this inspiring book called Exit, Turning from Following Christ. Thank you so much. Thank you, Eric. Well, that was part two of Eric Scadabo's chat with Keith Glasgow, who's the author of the book Exit, Turning from Following Christ, which he wrote because of his concern for the number of people he knows who have turned away from following Jesus. To find out more about Keith and his book, you can go to his website, Keith Glasgow. Dot com. Once again, that's Keith Glasgow, G-L-A-S-G-O-W dot com. Well, as we heard in Keith's story, he can relate a bit to those who are considering exiting their faith because in his younger years, he walked away from following the Lord for a while himself. As a matter of fact, Jesus said that some people would stop following him. He told a parable of seeds being planted on different types of soil. He said some seed fell on rocky ground where there was little soil, and when persecution or hard times came along, they abandoned their faith quickly. Also, some seeds fell among thorn bushes, and their faith was choked by the worries of the day. But some seed fell on good soil, and their faith grew to be very strong and bearing much fruit. It's a great lesson for all of us because unlike seeds, which have no choice where they land, we can move to richer soil and make sure that we are nurtured by the Word of God daily. Something for us all to think about. Well, thanks for joining us for part two of Keith Glasgow's story and insights into his book. Until next time, I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. The Story. Just another way Vision is helping you look to God daily. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.